0: I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. You've got to open your heart.
1: Well, number one, he's one of the elite offensive players in the game. Number
0: five, number what is leadership like in today's football world? We are back. Mike Sielski, Dave Murphy, The Inquirer, The Daily News, Philly.com, Philadelphia Media Network. Yeah, boy. Here we go. We actually um, recorded that once, and I said, yeah, boy.
2: And I was offended because I wanted the chance and to the, say it. I have the, more soul than you do. And then
0: Mike started talking, and I realized that the uh, audio board is all messed up. It, everything it's a, it's a discombobulated Tuesday. We were recording this on Tuesday, and we're discombobulated. We're
2: trying to recover from that uh, scintillating Eagles victory on Sunday, and it's taken us a couple of days.
0: Scintillating.
2: I'm also trying to recover from— Here's a question. In Wait the English language, Yes.
0: how many words do you know that go SC, where the C is silent? Or a soft C? I don't know. Aesthetic? It's Tuesday. I'm Ascetic?
2: I'm, I'm still— exper- Science? I am still experiencing Sam Bradford hangover. After watching the Monday Night
0: Game. Ooh, we could talk about that. Let's talk about Sam Bradford. We can talk about Sam Bradford. We can talk about Sam Bradford. Um, we can talk about
2: Alex Smith. We, we can, can talk, talk about d-
0: Alex Smith. Dougie P. Dougie P. You wrote about Dougie P. I did. We uh, talk
2: about Carson W. You wrote about him.
0: We did. We did. Or I did. Um, we can talk about how awful an experience FedEx Field is. Oh, my goodness. It is very hard to wake up in the morning and know that you're going to spend a beautiful 75-degree Sunday that also happens to be equal in the NFL in a uh, room <laughs> with 200 of your closest, and I mean closest, oh, friends. Yeah. Uh, that smells like a junior high locker room.
2: I-, I saw sides of you that I have never seen before and don't care to see again because mm. you were practically I sitting in w- my lap.
0: I thought I wore a belt.
2: Oh, hey, ho. Crack kills. Um, And, yeah. I mean, the, the only good part about the Eagles, from a media standpoint, the only good part about the Eagles opening the season at FedEx Field is it's like you're getting the Band-Aid ripped off really quickly, yeah. you know, instead of the prolonged, like, slow pull where it really hurts. I don't it's the worst day of the year.
0: I don't wear Band-Aids. Well, you
2: I, know, you're, like, uh, you're like Jesse Ventura in Predator. You ain't got time to bleed. Super glue and tobacco spit. <laughs> there you go. Um, breaking yeah. news. So, so Breaking news. While we have started this podcast, um, the Eagles have signed a kicker. Really? They have signed Jake Elliott. And placed Caleb Sturgis on injured reserve.
0: You know what I was thinking about the other day while we were waiting in... A, so, down at the Novacare Complex, uh, before uh, the locker room opens to the media, the, we kind of end up congregating in this hallway outside yes. of the media relations office to to wait to await the... Uh, it's like the releasing of the floodwaters. Mm-hmm. Um, they open the chute, and we're like... We yeah. kind of <laughs> mill around, and, uh, you know... I sit there chewing on my cud, <laughs> and there's a, on the hallway wall in the chute... Uh, you got to shoot the shoots. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a picture of all the Eagles pro bowlers. You know it. Uh, Franchise legends like um, Brian Dawkins, Jason Babin. Jermaine Mayberry. Jermaine Mayberry. Cody Parkey. Yes. And I was wondering, like, man, Cody Parkey was in the Pro Bowl three years ago, right? Three or four years ago? Like, what is Cody Parkey doing right now?
2: Isn't he kicking for somebody? Isn't he kicking in Miami? Is he?
0: I think so. Maybe he is. So.
2: I'm going to look at that.
0: That would that would explain why. Tell you I,
2: what, you look that up, and while you do that, I'm going to just continue to. So Josh Elliott,
0: the former Good Jake Morning Elliott. America host, oh. Jake Elliott. Um, I'm just like gonna, he, ca- he sounds like he should have a country album. He kind
2: of does. Yeah. This is
0: Jake Elliott. Uh, anyway. This is
2: my song. Mamas don't let right, your babies. So, that, so we grow up to work thus at thus FedEx far, Field. Thus
0: far, we've learned that we cannot. Do, neither one of us can do impressions. Up oh, here it is. I got that too. Uh, Jake Elliott plays kicker Caleb Sturgeon. Dude, you buried the lead. Caleb just no, placed on injured reserve. Yeah,
2: but apparently, from what colleagues of ours have been tweeting, it's that uh, it's the kind of injured reserve where he'll be able to come back this season.
0: Yeah, but I thought you could only bring one guy back from injured reserve. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Injured reserve designated to return. I mean, the old days, like last year, um, I think you could come back after week six. Yes, I think you're right. But I thought that was... Um, well, you know what? I'll, you talk. Talk to okay. the audience, and I'm going to look this stuff okay. up. Okay. Hello, audience. Um so, no, what you I'm, think? Of, what was your biggest takeaway from 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 the game? In all seriousness?
2: From, in all seriousness,
0: um, did did they impress you? Did, did you move? Parts your, of what they did impress me. Let me let me put it this way: Did you did you feel like, in appraising the record that you had for them after this game, the one you had going into mm-hmm. them, your prediction, your yes. sixteen game prediction? Did you think that, man, I, I, I hit it right in the nose? Given what I saw today, did you think, man? I might have to revise this upwards, or did you think, man, I might have to revise this downwards, or did you not think at all?
2: <laughs> well, I certainly didn't think while I was writing. Who wants to do that? Um, yes, no. Cody Parkey is on the Miami Dolphins. There you go. Um, at the risk of sounding uh, arrogant, yeah, I, they were what I thought they were going to be. Um, the score, thirty to seventeen, obviously for anyone who watched the game, you know, that's not an indication really of. The nature of the game. I mean, Kirk Cousins made a bad play with the score of 1917 and the ball inside the Eagles' 20 yard line um, that cost his team a touchdown, throws an interception to Jalen Mills. And, uh, you know, the Eagles had trouble moving the ball on offense, I felt like, for most of the game. I mean, they got, they scored three touchdowns in the game. One was Carson Wentz, you know, doing something magical. One was as the result of a muff punt, which gave the Eagles the ball at the Redskins' 39-yard uh, line. And then third was a you know sack that shouldn't have been a sack and a fumble return for a touchdown by Fletcher Cox um, Yeah, um, that shouldn't have been a fumble return for a touchdown. So while I understand that people are, in some cases, rightly excited about what Wentz did and his ability to improvise and create something out like of nothing, I think the front seven played well uh, on defense, and it's very encouraging to see that. Um, this is still, a, you know, this is not a, a – based on what I saw Sunday, it's not an elite team, and maybe the Redskins are going to be something less than we, you know, thought they were going to be. I mean, they –
0: Well, what did you think they were going to be?
2: They, well, maybe about what I thought they were going to be. I thought they'd be, again, like an 8-8, eight 7-9 eight, team, um, and they may be less than that because they don't have as much on the outside uh, offensively. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw
0: year. was, A, and, and somebody brought this up, uh, one of the players brought this up, uh, Pierre Garçon's a really good player, and yeah. I don't think people, people appreciated that. I, I forget I forget who on the defense said it, but they essentially said Pierre Garçon catches several of those balls that Terrell Pryor dropped. Um, yes. You know, I've been a big Terrell Pryor, I don't want to say fan, but like, I I I like I you, like what he brings to the table. So I think I. he's got I, potential. And, I like his athleticism a lot. But you definitely saw, size. like, the raw. Yeah. You definitely saw the guy who who was only in a second-year playing receiver, um, you know, starting with that kind of Shane Victorino circa <laughs> 2007. Um, route to that one deep ball. Route to the deep ball. Um, and then continuing with uh, – I mean, he just had a stone-cold drop in the end zone at one point. Hey, Mike Kern has just joined us in the studio.
1: I agree with everything anybody said.
0: Dude, this board is just... I'm trying not to hard to curse because I don't want to do any post-production, but for for Doug's sake... For Doug's sake, Kern! Doug's sake. Um, yeah, anyway. I uh, I think Carson Wentz... What did you think of Car- the way Carson Wentz played? I, I thought he was fine. He was
2: um, again, he showed you why they drafted him in, in terms of his athleticism and his capability, strength. I mean, you watch him play quarterback, you're watching... I feel like you're watching Donovan McNabb at like 2002, 2000, latter half of the 2003 season levels where he's just so hard to bring down um, and can create a play out of nothing um, because it takes the second, third, or fourth defensive lineman or linebacker to finally corral him. And by the time that guy gets there, he's gotten rid of the ball to uh, a receiver who's come open. So, I like that. I read something interesting um, from Dominique Foxworthy on ESPN today. The gymnast? No, the former NFL cornerback.
0: Wasn't Dominique Foxworth a gymnast?
2: No, I think there have been a number it's of gymnasts named, named Dominique. Oh. Um, uh, um, but Foxworthy who's now an analyst at ESPN pointed out, or at least said, that um, the Eagles were, were calling plays for Wentz in which he had only – you know, very simple reads, um, and that he was actually more impressed with, um, the performance that Deshaun Kaiser of the Browns put on because the the Browns had put more on Kaiser's plate. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. It was an interesting, uh, perspective from a former player, um, because people around here rightly are going gaga over what, what Wentz did, um, but as you pointed out in your column, Murph, there were times where he kind of rooted himself in the pocket, uh, and it's almost it's it's kind of counterintuitive, where once he gets out of the pocket and moves, he seems to be better. And as he's standing in the pocket, it's as if that's when he's at his weakest because he kind of he tends to stand still at times, get kind of statue-like. And you know that led, for instance, to the interception. He just rooted himself there, locked eyes on Darren Sproles. The ball gets tipped, probably a bad throw anyway. And Ryan Kerrigan takes it for a touchdown. So. You know, Wentz looked like a really talented quarterback who just started the first game of his second year, I thought.
0: Uh, in my defense, there are, there are two famous Dominiques who are gymnasts. Um, Dawes. Dawes and Mochiano, mm-hmm. neither of which sounds like Foxworth.
2: <laughs> Jeff Dawes. Jeff Foxworth. Yeah, you called him,
0: first of all, you call him Foxworthy, and it's, it's Foxworth. Foxworth.
2: Sorry. Close. If you get the name of an ESPN analyst wrong, you might be a redneck.
0: You might be an analyst if... Kurt, yeah. talking. Kurt, talking you to your mic. Let me
2: counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, I did, which I was, I was very impressed with that.
2: Yeah, but you know, you went to Temple.
0: But Kurt, maybe maybe we should have started with you to begin with. Um, Why not? Well, you should always start with Mike. Well, we didn't because you weren't on time. I was out. Why, Mike? Mike, lunch, which is you senior. are a television professional. Yeah, you have you have twenty years of Daily News Live slash PST experience. Every th- I never see you on TV. Talk, talk to your lunch bag instead of the microphone. Because what are you doing? What are you e- doing? I
1: got an email after I was already out of the building. You came back into I'm the just, building. I'm saying I'm,
0: I'm chastising I? you for talk, not talking to your microphone. Now I feel guilty. Talking to your microphone. You're looking I'm at call, it like I'm talking like, into my microphone. Right. What, what do you What do you want here? He, you you I, were talking I, to your Dunkin' Donuts bag. No, really. hey,
2: hey, hey! Don't get all over him. I've, now I feel guilty. You were You were halfway up ninety five. No no no, okay. no, 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 no! I was out getting this. Oh, okay. No, right. I got stories to do yet,
1: pal. Good. All no. right. Good. All right. Now so, what was your so What
0: was your excuse again? I walked out
1: because I went to Raleigh's funeral. Oh, and then I had to go get something to eat because I have to do like a Villanova story and another story, and you know. That's right. what
0: happens So I, so as usual I am the, I'm the uh, You're the jerk No
1: You're no You just no. It's okay
0: You look great by the way
1: I do funerals well
0: That's The slate The slate tie looks good on you That's a Cheney tie well, How was the funeral? I mean obviously was, Besides the fact that it was a funeral It was
1: what you thought it would be I mean it was Obviously well attended uh, Karnasek was there He's like 92 Beheim was there Chris Mullen was there There's probably some people Was that, Alonzo
0: Mourning there? If he was I didn't because I saw Alonzo Mourning working out today. Really? Uh, yeah. And I was Where? trying to figure out the Bellevue.
1: Ah, interesting. The Georgetown coach, I think, sent – or John Thompson sent in his regrets. He was supposed to be there. Um, and Billy Cunningham spoke. Uh, his son T- – Raleigh's son Tommy spoke. And Jay spoke at the end. And, and Jay almost didn't get through it. Um, it was really emotional for him. Because if there was no Raleigh, there might not have been a Jay. And
0: What was their background?
1: Well, he gave him a start and took, I mean, him, but I mean, took him to Las on Vegas staff? with him. He gave, gave him a spot on his staff at some point in time, took him to Las Vegas with him when he went there. And if Jay doesn't become Jay, Raleigh might not have got back into the Villanova family, community, whatever you want to call it. Jay's made a big deal about doing that. And, um, you know, so the two of them are, are pretty tightly in- entwined.
0: So young, for, so, so for young whippersnappers like myself, whose Villanova knowledge begins with Steve Lapis, mm-hmm. Uh Fill me in on on the on what exactly happened um, with Raleigh and Villanova and 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 I mean, why did he have to come get get brought back in to the Villanova well? Family? Because
1: when he left here in '92, it wasn't under the greatest of circumstances.
0: Because um, of the Sports Illustrated story. No, nah, nah,
1: that was in '86 or no, nah, no. Nah, he'd go and pay. He made the final eight in in '88. They I know they
0: were, they were chanting "Walking Rebels" th- at him, right?
1: Well, they, they, he wasn't winning as much his last few years, and the Villanova people I think felt entitled. And then hmm, when he left, imagine that. when he left to <laughs> go, it was like, well, you know, you preach loyalty, you preach this. Why are you leaving? And then he got mad at Steve Lapis for taking the job here for not asking him really? when he didn't ask. He didn't ask Tark. Well, him by him not asking Tark, it doomed him in Vegas. He was not going to succeed there. Tark was going to make sure he didn't succeed there. He lasted two years, and then he ended up in Cleveland, which, I mean, do you want to be in Cle- Like, I'll never forget the
0: look on you, his face. You have yet face. to name a spot that I want to be in. I his, mean, Cleveland, when, when Las Vegas, Villanova. When he got Vegas, introduced to Cleveland Nova.
1: State, and me and Mike Jensen were standing there, and we looked at Mary Jane sitting in the corner. We said, do we have to? Yeah, we have to. And we went over and spoke with her. And when she saw us coming, you could just see a look on his face like, what am I doing in Cleveland? I was in Florida. And then, but then the last few years when he was coaching at Northwood, which is now Kaiser, I believe, and he got to the NAI AI title game a few years ago he would have become the first coach ever to win both so he kind of redeemed himself in that regard and like Jay said today in his la- later years he became more of a huggable guy and I think it, it it left a picture of him that at least erases some of the stuff
2: that maybe we thought of before There was a column by Bill Livingston on Cleveland.com mm-hmm. that was not flattering toward Rob Imagine that um, What was he like like take us from the extremes of covering Raleigh, like is it the kind of thing when when he was good, he was really good, but you know if you wrote something negative, you were dead to him like what because the reason I ask is that there I don't think anybody would argue that in terms of the media in this town, the big five probably gets covered a little differently mm-hmm. than the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, um you know we're we're probably a little more kid glovey because of the nature of college sports cuz we're a pro sports town first and foremost what was it like with riley like how bad did it get was it toxic between him and the people who covered well, nova i
1: covered nova 1 year the ni- the 89 90 season when Raleigh went down and lost in the first round of the tournament with Tom Grice, who was his best player, and LSU had Shaquille O'Neal, Stanley Roberts, and the the guard who was tremendous.
2: Uh, Chris Jackson. Chris Muhammad Jackson. Ab- only lost Martin by like Rock. six
1: or eight yeah. points. I'm sitting there going, but Raleigh always tr- wanted to control you. Mm. Um, and I think he changed a little bit. A lot of guys changed after they got wealthier and, and more powerful and he became kind of larger in life. And I remember like the third story I wrote, they were recruiting this kid. His name was Hurley. He was from, like, New England. Like, the 16th best player in the country, supposedly. And then they, re, they didn't get him. He mm-hmm. went to BC. So, about a day later, they get this kid, Ron Wilson, who's, like, the 90th best player in the country. So, I wrote a story that said, Villanova, which didn't get, you know, Hurley, comma, got – well, and so he comes up to me the next night, They were playing, and he goes, yeah, good story, but, you know, you got something wrong. Yeah, you know, we were recruiting both kids equally. Well, and it was his way of putting me in my place or trying right. to put me in my – and I just think – you know the breakup of the Big Five it did not help because he mm-hmm. got blamed for that, and and a lot of it was. But as I tell everybody, the vote was three to two, it wasn't four to one. Mm-hmm. It was three to two, but he was kind of the, seen as the impetus behind it because hey, Villanova looked at it and said we don't need to be playing these four games, and plus they were losing some of them, unlike what Jay's done recently. So yeah, he was, and I think there was that hard edge to rally. I mean, I could, you, know, you were you were in his family, but I I've heard of stories where.
2: Sometimes that worked one way. All right. One of the reasons I wanted you on this week, um, and Murph, obviously, I want to get you involved in this too,
0: is can I can I just interject for one second? Sure. Um. Just just while I'm thinking of it, the NFL you can bring back two players from injury reserve. Okay. Yeah. We were discussing rather than. Um, it's not necessarily a reflection of Caleb. They, they could have just said, well, we're going to burn one of those on the kicker. Mm-hmm. It could be two weeks, but we're not going to waste a roster spot on two kickers. Right. Okay. Anyway.
2: No, that's actually a great segue to what I wanted to bring up because you guys, I think, you know, and I'm not trying to like... I, want, I
0: can't wait to see how this is a segue. Here, here's
2: how it's, it's going to segue. You guys are kind of, in a way, I think on opposite sides of this, and I'm of two minds about it, which is like me because I'm a wuss and I don't take stands on anything. So <clears throat> we just had the first Eagles game. They're now one and zero. We've all, the three of us have been in this town long enough to know what happens when the Eagles win a game, particularly a division game. Get off to a, a good start, you know. The town's going to be all about the Eagles at this time of year anyway, but now it'll be whipped up even more if they somehow go to Kansas City and win. You know, it'll be even more intense. My question for you guys is: How, with with respect to the way the Eagles are regarded and covered in this city? Do we spend too much time on them? Like, we just—here's Mur- the segue, Murph. You just gave me an update on the injured reserve, um, you know, rules so that everybody who's listening knows why the Eagles just signed a kicker. Whereas we never or rarely get that granular, granular excuse me, about Villanova, which— Two years ago, or last year, won a national championship. Yeah, but maybe the comparison
1: should be sixers flyers, or sixers flyers, whatever.
2: My question is, do you think we spend too much time on the Eagles?
0: You got to define we.
2: Uh, I would say us as writers. I would say um, the proliferation of, I mean, the, the proliferation of blogs and other uh, online outlets that cover the Eagles. I, I guess. Is evidence that maybe we don't, because there's such a high demand for Eagles content. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's
0: all about demand. I mean, yeah. we we cover, we go where people want to, we we go where people want to be taken.
2: And certainly talk radio as well. There's
1: two things. The NFL plays 16 games, so there's a week to talk about whatever happened, and they and we overreact week to week to week because that's what we do. And second is the NFL rules the world, mm-hmm. so naturally, and this has always been in Eagles' town, regardless of what else was going. On, they could be a crummy team. And so, But in this day and age, NFL rules. So by nature, now, if the Sixers are good, yeah. I mean, we might, you know, you might see more of that or if the or the Phillies are good in a couple of years. But, I mean, we saw that for five years with the Phillies.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but did I, we, though, or did we just see a team that was really good and that um, – Well, you
1: don't think we covered them?
2: Oh, no, I think we covered them. I, I'm, I'm wondering if the nature of the – Popularity of the Phillies. But they was play different. every night. Yeah. Was I, different from the nature of the popularity of the Eagles.
0: Uh, I think it was, I think, I think the nature of it was, I, I think, in one regard, it's, it's apples and oranges. Um, just because, a, as Curran said, the, the NFL schedule is kind of naturally set up. Right. Um, I get that. Yeah. Even in, even on a national level, to, to, to have an inordinate amount of attention paid to every, I mean, I mean, the, the whole com- year. Yeah. I mean, the, the combine, for God's yeah. sakes, people, more yeah. people sit and watch kids in spandex run 40-yard dashes than they right. watch, you know, hockey games. So, you know, I think once you account for this, you know, once you tease the, the just the natural scale of the NFL out of it, um, then you get to the point that, no, I, I don't know that any fan base among the four major sports in the 32 30 to 40 professional media markets is as emotional about, has as emotional a connection to its team as the Eagles fans do to the Eagles for, we've, for they, whatever reason.
1: They haven't won a championship since 1960. The Phillies have, the Flyers have, the Sixers have. I mean, I, I've said this all along. I don't care if it's five degrees below zero. If the Eagles win a Super Bowl, it'll be the biggest parade ever. Right. And it might go on for about
0: a week. A week. But <laughs> as, as somebody who covered the Phillies when they were good, yeah. 2008, you know, for me it was 2008 to 2011, uh, on a day to day basis, the passion was just as much yeah, there as it was mm-hmm. with the Eagles. Um, the difference with the Eagles is, you know, the NFL schedule kind of allows you to always talk yourself into thinking that they have a chance. Right. Um, where you just don't see that. You can't do that with the right. Phillies. And, and that's how it the, was when I, I was growing up. the
1: popularity up. of the NBA right now, and we've seen it already, uh, it, and beats played 31 games. Simmons hasn't played any. Folk, right. Folks hasn't played any. This town, if this team goes, I don't know, makes the playoffs this year, if they win mm-hmm. 40-some games – this town will start to go nuts because they're going to think they're winning a championship in two or three years. I'm not going to say they're not. I'm just saying that's how those and, – and the
2: Sixers will get covered a lot more. Well, the, see, the Sixers to me are an interesting case study because the ND, the NBA obviously is so much more um, of an individualized yes. and star-driven sport yeah. that if the Sixers were to get good, if Embiid were to become a superstar or Ben Simmons or Markel Fultz were to become superstars, the coverage would not just come from – Here it would come from ESPN and ABC Mm -hmm. and Fox, and there would be international elements to it as well. But Wentz could be that. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, and it would be, but it would be different. Like it would be different. It would be national. Yeah, and it would be he would be a a hero here, obviously. I mean, Embiid could be the face. I don't know if Wentz will ever be the face
1: of the NFL. Maybe Mm -hmm. he'll be that. I don't know. I think Embiid has a chance if God, you know, he stays healthy, Mm -hmm. to be one of the faces on the post. Well. Post um, Lebron NBA.
0: I mean, part of the problem is that there's
2: uh,
0: the NFL. It, it's hard to have one guy be the face of right. it, for, partially for literal reasons. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see their faces um, yeah. while they're out there on the field. And it's more the jersey, right? But but even then, like, would you say? I mean maybe I guess you could say Tom Brady was mm-hmm. the face of the NFL but it's just like such a regional
1: Peyton Manning might have been y- for a while Yeah
0: yeah um you but you're just never going to have it right. like I mean, even one like, player cannot transcend like the game the it. way
1: And Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame He's No, not, but one like,
0: player like, can't transcend the transcend the, f- yeah. the the football field the way he can the basketball court, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah,
1: no, you you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Or the hockey rink.
2: And I also think getting back to your point about, you know, the one game a and week. baseball has no stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, baseball's
0: uh-huh. problem is their stars, you only see them five times a night right? at, at most. I mean, Mike Trout, uh, I mean, that's among its problems. But, like, Freddie Galvis bats as mu- as many times as Mike Trout, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you frankly, mm-hmm. you see him more because he's in the infield. Right. You but know? I don't think
1: they market uh, The NBA markets to put their stars, like, full frontal.
2: Hmm. I'm not sure baseball does that for whatever reasons, uh, you know. Yeah, and I also think, well, like I was going to say, with football, because it's one game a week, It it plays into the regional kind of parochialism of each individual market more than every night there's an NBA game on, every night there's a Major League Baseball game, although Major League Baseball, it's regional cable outlets. are And nobody's
1: more more parochial than us.
2: Right, that's true.
1: But
0: anyway, as I was saying uh, 10 minutes ago in my run-up to the question, uh, Kern, perhaps we should start with you (laughs) because – Hey, you, y- you, you know
2: I'm allowed to to take us in different directions no, absolutely. sometimes too. No, no too. no, it
0: was. I was I was more making fun of myself. Uh, find you and kill you. I was more making fun. Wow. That's uh it's pretty hard. It's for rough him. in here, man. Kern uh, what did you think looking at home? Like what's what's Joe Sixpack think of think of this Eagles game? What what is what is uh not cool. that you're Joe Sixpack, but you're among, like, you're among them.
1: Well, I mean, they're they're, you know, they're already probably semi-playing in parade. Um
0: But what did you think at home when you watched it? I I mean, look they were slight favorite. Or were you breaking down tape of that Temple nah, Nova Nova game?
1: No, nah, I didn't have to break down tape of that. I could I, I could figure that out all in soon. I mean, I, I think don't think there even
0: was tape of it. Is it, was it even on TV?
1: It was streaming on <laughs> ESPN <the laughs> three. Yeah, and there was a Billy J- Don't get me started. Please, please, please don't get me started. Um, I mean, the one thing that I and it's it's funny. I'm going to say this, but first of all, I thought um, the Cousins threw a horrible interception down you there. Threw when a couple of horrible was Going passes. to either take the lead or or whatever, but. When the Eagles had the ball first and goal, second and goal at the one yard line, and the se- second down play, they they get they put Ertz in motion, throw some pass out of the end zone. Third down play, they throw to Blunt and he scores. Mm. So I can't. You got a guy that you just paid real money to that scored eleven times from the one yard line last year. I give it to him three straight times. If they stop me three straight times, I'll give the Redskins the ball in the half yard. Line. What is Doug Lake thinking? But they scored, so I can't sit there and say okay. And I understand every once in a while you got to try to fake the other team out, give the ball to him, the second time, the third time, and the fourth time. And if the Redskins stop you, then you know what—you're not that so here's good.
0: so here's part of the problem, um, and this is what I think kind of one of the tension of the opposite, uh, t- kind of the tension of opposites that's going to propel this Eagles season. Um, yeah, in theory, you, you paid Legarrette Blount to be the guy. Um, you know, who you give the ball to three straight times at, at the one-yard line. But Garrett Blunt from someone who, who has watched him this, this summer, and frankly, someone who's watched him, he's not that guy. But like, you he's gotta, he's not, but you got to find that out. Well, Le, uh, yeah, but LeGarrette, here's LeGarrette the thing, Plunk, Doug, but Doug Peterson uh, doesn't get paid to. No, 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 no,
1: no. If LeGarrette Blunt can't score on three tries from the one when he did it 11 times last year, I don't care if he ain't the same guy as if he can't score three times from the one, then you got problems.
0: Right, but the, we've already established. Uh, we, Jeffrey Lurie already told us that the roster's good. Well, they gave and- him the ball
1: the first down from the three or the three and a half, and he got two and a half yards. I don't know why you don't. I mean, like, were they trying to out trick the Redskins? Were they? I,
0: I think Doug Peterson understands that, that 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 they're not. They're no better a short yardage team right well, now then, than then they were you last know
1: what? year. Then they got issues. Yeah, well, they do have issues. But Doug I,
0: Peterson's going to be the one who pays the price for those issues. Yeah, I mean that's
2: that that when you talk about tension of opposites, you know, that to me is the interesting part about the season is the push and pull between how much of the Eagles' success or failure take it out of the realm of whether Jeffrey Jeffrey Lurie's put his cards on the table he he is in Howie Roseman's corner he has said the roster is good so if things don't work out this season we know what's happening it's the, Doug Peterson rightly or wrongly mm. is going to take the fall
0: that well, does, he's, he didn't say that he stopped after the roster is good you, right well, but you but, forgot to put an end quote.
2: All right,
1: end quote. Speaking Sorry. of the roster, how would Dalvin Cook look on the team other would look than, okay. than the kid from Washington that
2: might play? This but anyway, show, he Mike, might not play. Mike. No, I'm anyway. just saying, that's part of the roster. Yeah. But my point is that that's going to be the interesting thing to watch. How much of what plays out gets attributed to Doug's coaching ability. And, he, and let's be right. honest, he's not a perfect coach, um, you but know, he's
0: got a perfect head of hair.
2: He does. Um, and how much of it gets attributed, if at all, to Howie? You know, I think that's hard to say right now. Like, Murph, just from our conversations from the podcast, you know, y- you tend to think that Doug does certain things because this is the hand he's dealt. Mm-hmm. And so he knows LeGarrette Blunt, you know, maybe isn't the guy that he once was, therefore I got to out-scheme him. I think other people—I I might be one of them—might be inclined to say, maybe that's just Doug, because that was Andy Reid, too, you know, was— Hey, we we're gonna throw it from the one because that's that's what I feel more comfortable doing. And we're going to throw it thirty-five times a game because yeah. that's what we do. Um, you know, we're gonna run a you know half-baked lateral to Nelson Aguilar when we don't need to when we've got momentum and uh, don't need to, to like pull play? off a trick play. No, I didn't okay. like that play. Um, so that's that's going to be the to me that's the fascinating part of all this. It's not just where do they end up because I don't think anybody has a real good idea of how good or bad the team's going to be. It's more gonna be okay if they're if they go eight and eight or seven and nine, you know why why did that happen?
0: Well, I have them down for ten and six now, really yeah because
2: the because the the beating a team in the division to start off that yeah, way I mean is, I had
0: the Redskins as a loss mm-hmm. um then I had them uh well I'll say this I, I had them going one and two um I thought Redskins would be the more likely loss than the Giants mm-hmm. I think they're definitely— i I still think they're definitely losing to Kansas City. Yeah, um, I would agree. Put it this way: if they start two and one. I have them down for ten and six. Okay. And the uh, Giants
1: don't look that good. I mean, I, I no. was all I was all in on the Giants. Their line is not good. I know they're going to be better when Beckham gets back, but man, I mean, they can't run the football at all, and their defense is good. But they, I mean, I, I think right just off week one. I hate doing this because it's week one. The Eagles look like they could be the second best team in the division. They look like they could be the best team in well, the division. I'm not ready to go there yet. I mean, the other team did win 13 games last year, and even if they come back, they're probably going to be like a 10-win team or something. But I think the Eagles, if they're 2-1, I, I if they're 4-3 after 7, I think they're in fairly decent shape. Well, and I, I don't know if they can get to 4-3 after 7, but getting to 2-1 would be a good I think start.
0: I think they definitely will be 4-3 after. I mean, who are they losing to? The Chiefs? Yeah. Well, Giants some,
1: sometimes you lose a game that may, yeah, maybe you go to the Chargers and lose
0: well and I'll say this about Doug Peterson and, and maybe a, I might be missing an obvious game here but I think that's the one thing you could say about him last year is they didn't lose any any games that they shouldn't have lost that, that that you wouldn't have did they win any games in which they were favored or did they lose any games in which they were favored I don't know Lions. did they have a really bad loss the Lions you could say I guess Lions, yeah, but the Lions they... were a playoff team the year before weren't they
2: there there were games. Uh, I, I mean, wonder I'm if. I'm trying to remember. But I mean, the Bengals,
0: Cincinnati, the Bengals was... game was a bad, bad loss, bad loss. But that's the only really the game, one that. The
2: game that they lost to the Giants, um, the first, you know, the in the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- it wouldn't surprise me if that was a game that gave. You know, they got off to a, a bad start in that game mm-hmm. um, with Doug kind of putting, if I remember correctly, you know, went through two early picks where. Doug was coming out of the shoot, you know, calling deep passing plays and kind of putting him in a relatively difficult spot. Um, you know, I think there were some play calling issues in that game. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me thinking back if that was a game where Jeffrey Lurie kind of looked at it and said, "Hmm, you know, is this the guy?" And that's that's the question I have to be honest. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to I'm willing to grant that Doug may be a, a pretty um, you know, smart Play, you know, he he may recognize what the limitations of the offense are. That's that's certainly possible, um, but the other part of it is is that I don't see him being so astute as to be able to kind of scheme around whatever right. weaknesses they have, and and that's the issue. Like when we, you know you mentioned Murph, what we wrote about off that game, and you were hundred percent right. You wrote a terrific column about Wentz and what he can do, and you know the impro- improvisation, the arm strength, all that kind of stuff. And that, to me, is interesting in the context of Doug. Like, if you watch if you watch the Kansas City-New England game Thursday night, you watch the Kansas City offense that knows what it has in Alex Smith and through scheming and through speed on the outside can create big plays, you know, not through anything necessarily physically that Alex Smith brings to the table. Conversely, Carson Wentz, it seems to me, is going to be able to make up for the fact that Doug probably isn't going to be able to outsmart an opposing defense all the time, kind of like maybe not, even kind most of the, like the
1: time. like the early days of Donovan, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, um, they, it was kind of like, okay, Donovan, go out there and make a few athletic plays. We don't have very many good wide receivers, but our defense is really good. And I mean, that was the other thing that came out of the game. I, mean, I thought their defense played – I mean, I know Cousins didn't play well, but, you know, they didn't play badly. Uh, you go on the road and you know give mm-hmm. up seventeen that's not horrible, so maybe they're a little bit better than I thought. I mean, I thought they were like an eight and eight kind of team, but you know in this league, one or two games get decided at the end anyway, yeah, so if they go your way you know you' I, I always say if you go it like my it can you go four and two in the division
2: if you go four and two in the division, you're probably going to be right there yeah the the advantage they have now, and I think Murph is Murph is right to you know maybe bump them to ten and six. You know, in the sense that the to get a win over a divisional opponent on the road is so important, right out of the chute. And if you I'm,
1: beat the Giants in two weeks, that's two wins. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're you know, look back at last year; they're three and zero. Two of those wins, as impressive as the Steelers' one was in Week Three, are out of conference. Mm-hmm. They just count less. They just do. And if
1: you lose to the Chiefs, it's out of conference. Yeah, so It doesn't count quite as much as losing to the Cardinals. Let's say. Yeah.
0: Um, let's talk about how Kirk Cousins stinks because <laughs> that's one of my favorite topics. Um, like the the football intelligentsia, the national football intelligentsia has kind of like rallied behind Kirk Cousins over the last couple of years. Um, they they pick some weird the the, the, the intelligentsia picked some very weird um, causes to to throw their weight behind Tyrod Taylor um, being one of them. They apparently like bad quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a he's not a quarterback that you 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 commit. Uh, franchise level money to and you saw it on um, Sunday as gritty as he is as um, emotional as he is as smart as he might be um, you know he's I'd love to have the guys my backup but he does not have the arm strength to complete the passes that you need to complete in must-have situations and that more than anything else is is why Carson Wentz um, for all his warts, metaphorically speaking, um, for all his warts, y- you got to take it. Um, and yeah. Jason, that's okay. kind of what Jason Peters was saying um, in the column that I wrote. Um, and it's kind of just what what you think the Eagles probably saw out of Carson Wentz. And, and it's interesting because remember on the podcast um, – over the last couple of years, we, we've wondered. Over the last year, we've wondered what Doug Peterson would say about Alex Smith mm-hmm. in a uh, moment of honesty. And, and I think the fact that they gave up uh, an incredible haul of draft yeah. assets to move up one spot to, to select Pat Mahomes kind of speaks to what they thought of, the pr- of Alex the Smith. The problem and I,
1: with Carson, first of all, I don't think that Cousins. I'm not the biggest Cousins guy in the world either, but he, I don't. He's better in the backup. It, it, uh, no, 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 no. Is, gets, this is a This oh, okay. is a complete binary. I got you. Is he good enough? This it, is pass it, fail. It, no, he, but, but then uh, again, I don't.
0: I don't I, think he's good enough for the postseason because he can't throw into the teeth of the zone. I don't know if the guy zone.
1: the Eagles have is going to be good enough. That's something. We're but he's got effect. the skill set. But what I'm saying is we're we're kind of elevating Carson into this. He's going to be one of the elite quarterbacks. I didn't say that. No, no, I didn't say you said it. I'm saying Philadelphia in general and people if you hear him around, oh Carson's going to be this, okay, and he might be, but is he going to be? Two or three years from now, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I don't know that. Will well, that's be, not the that's not the question. The question well, yes,
0: is, it is he, because he's Big what, Ben's never been one of the top five quarterbacks in the but
1: league. But Ben, I hear you. But you can. Argue but there that, were but times when Big Ben, you could make that argument.
0: But that's not. But I think that's.
1: But I'm just saying, I if Carson is is one of the best seven or eight quarterbacks, I'll be okay with yeah. that. But there's a big difference when you're saying this guy. I mean, people are almost like he's going to be okay. Maybe he will be. But I'm just saying, I think we're getting a little – because like you said, he does have some flaws. And and let's see how – you know, Donovan once or twice in his career was like – one year he was the third best quarterback in the league behind Peyton and Brady. And the Eagles went 14, whatever they did, and got to a Super Bowl. But there was many years where Donovan was only, you know, like the seventh best quarterback. And that was fine. He was, he was fine for this franchise for a decade. But I'm just saying, it, the whole – to me, what's going to happen down the road is can Carson become – one of, the, and I'm not saying he has to be the guy, you know. But can he become one of those guys that you look at and go, yeah, he's one of, the, he's he's you know, he's Drew Brees. He's No, I don't say just, I, don't, I well, don't th- I'm just saying that that to me because if he's just going mean, to be you- um, the guy on the Chargers.
0: But the guy that in the Chargers is good. Right. I know, I know yeah. he's good. Yeah,
1: but he, but obviously he's not good enough. At least with that's that. That's not team.
0: true. What do you mean, obviously? Okay. Well, like we're, here's the thing. Like,
1: we well, about. Th- I think we're talking about two different. Yeah, things. Tell me and what I think the
2: Chargers of one. Well, mean, that's tra- what I'm
0: saying. But he's just not on the right team.
1: Well, maybe Carson Wentz won't be on the right team. I well, that's what I'm. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I don't think I think there, I think there's two different types of quarterbacks that you're talking about. You're talking about guys like Aaron, there's like.
1: What do you think of Matt
0: Stafford? You
1: know, um, question.
0: I think he's in that Philip. I think I like Philip Rivers better than Matt Stafford. But I think so. Where do you put them in the league? Uh, like, I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah, look, this is what eight, I think. Nine, I think you have you have a tier of quarterbacks at the top okay. that no matter what team they're on, you're automatically a Super Bowl contender. That's right, okay. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peyton Manning at his peak, you know, Brady at his peak. Although I think it's awfully hard to take Brady away from Bill Belichick. Okay, um, they, or vice and versa. And then, um, you know, I would throw Andrew Luck into that, into yeah. that category. I just want to know if Carson but, Wentz is going to be... Right, right. But So listen, and then the next category... Is where all those where then you have Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, um, Big Ben, Breeze, Breeze, uh, you know, and I think that like I think Philip Rivers is in that is in the bottom bottom of that category, and I think Matt Stafford is is then in the next category where you have uh, Stafford, Flacco, you know, but a
1: lot of people consider those guys like pretty good, and I'm just saying a lot of people a lot of people voted for the president of the United States, Carson Wentz might be, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, he might not be that third best quarterback I don't think, in the league at some point. In his, and maybe I, he I, can.
2: I think we're having a semantic debate, in a sense, yeah. which is that, you know, the rankings of how, you know, would you take this guy over that guy? Is he the third best quarterback in the league, whatever? In a way, that's kind of irrelevant. I think what, what Murph's talking about is a specific, you know, to sound like, you know, the quarterback is the Liam Neeson character and taken. Like, does the quarterback have a particular set of skills? that allow him mm-hmm. to take a team that may not be a playoff team to something different that take a good team right. into yeah. championship but level but i keep hearing about how he has that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that if if the eagles somehow build a really good defense that you know Carson Wentz no matter what he turns out to be can't win them the super bowl i think murph's point about yeah. correct me if i'm wrong i'm with you yeah murph's murph's point about cousins is that that he can't Right. Yeah, no, I that, don't think he can. That's, yeah, that's that fine. That you would have to build a defense akin right. to the 2,000 Ravens or the 85 Bears to get Kirk but Cousins I keep, I keep to hearing, turn turning yeah, into a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz, we got we got the guy.
1: We got our guy. Okay, fine. And then I keep hearing about things. Well, he can't do this very well or he doesn't do this very well. Okay, fine. So all I'm saying is he doesn't seem like he throws a deep ball very well, but he might get better at doing that. And then we're talking about, well, we got to scheme like things for the things that Carson can't do because when he sits in the pocket, he doesn't look. That's all I'm saying is I think people now – that the Eagles, if they get better and and they're they're going to go gaga. That he's Tom Brady, and I'm just saying he may be Tom Brady in three or four or five years. I don't know this, but I'm just saying, people, let's let's be realistic here. But he might only be. And when I say only, if in 30 quarterbacks, you're the eighth best quarterback or seventh best quarterback, that's pretty good. It gives your team a chance.
0: Yeah, but, I think there's been a lot of eighth best quarterbacks that have won mm-hmm. Super Bowls from uh, you know, like Big Ben is the guy he reminds me of, uh, and I think like so. I think part of the Philadelphia thing uh, is like we like pe- people just don't watch enough outside of Philadelphia to like so like Drew Brees, Drew Brees missed a deep ball to Tommy Lee Lewis last night that was wide open in the end zone. He missed a couple of it's just it, that stuff just happens on a, on
2: a and, and And to your earlier point about Cousins, I do think that among the. Uh, cognoscenti of, of the NFL, the analysts and the you know writers and whoever else covers it.
0: The salons.
2: Yeah. They become guys who get elevated to a certain level. Maybe it's simply a matter of economics and their contract situation. Maybe it's where they play. Maybe it's a particular game. But I feel like there's a much higher regard—maybe I'm wrong about this—that there's a higher regard for a guy like Kirk Cousins than there would be, and this is going to come off like I'm defending him again— But, like, Sam Bradford is an easy point of mockery around the NFL because the guy happened to be the last guy who was able to make a a ton of money as the number one pick in the draft, and he wears his sleeves funny, and he hasn't been nearly as good as you would think a number one pick should be. At this point, I'll take Sam Bradford over Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Every day and twice on Sunday because that guy's got a better arm, he's as smart as Cousins is, and... He's just, he's physically a better quarterback. And while, you know, I haven't seen, and I also haven't seen anything because I know where the next thing is going to, I haven't seen anything out of Sam Bradford that suggests he's anything but a tough NFL quarterback. You know, Cousins gets lauded for his leadership skills. I think that's the kind of thing often that happens when a player is physically limited. So therefore we have to assign him kind of in this intangible quality that must explain his success. Like I'm sure Kirk Cousins is a pretty tough guy, You know, take Sam Bradford. He's come back from two, torn, you know, he tore the same ligament in his knee twice and came back from it and is just a better player. But yet, he can be the easy point of mockery. He's a villain in Philadelphia, and Kirk Cousins is, you know, oh, well, he must be a franchise quarterback. Well, I don't know. If Maybe I'm creating straw men there, I don't know but. if
1: he's, people call him a franchise, but when you're the number one pick the in the draft. The Redskins seem to. When you're, well, no, if they did, they would give him all the money. They no. haven't given him all the money. They've given him one-year contracts because they don't want to give him all the money.
2: Yeah, but they, by giving him the one-year contracts, they're going to end up giving him the money no, if they want to no,
1: keep No, But what I'm saying is they haven't made that commitment to him. When you're the number one pick in the NFL draft and for five years you basically wander in the wilderness, people are going to make fun of you. That's just the way it goes. Ah. No. Um, I, I hate to break it to you, but there's been other guys like him that go through the same thing. The, you know, the, the guy in L.A. last year, God, I mean, God, if he turns out not to be whatever, they're going to make fun of him. That, that just goes with the territory. So, you know, uh, spend your money wisely. And,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, look, there's like a lot of stuff to unpack here. So, Kirk Cousins, I think that he he has something – if someone were to make the argument that he has something that Sam Bradford doesn't, I would abide it. Um, You know, like Bradford does, he gets the, he gets rid of the ball really quickly. um, And, and you can tell he doesn't like to get hit as much, you know, it affects him more than, than, um, than a guy like cousins. Whereas, you you know, you saw cousins, uh, I mean, kind of dumb on his part, but he, he, you know, he lowered his shoulder on the end of a four yard run against the Eagles. And, and, you know, almost, like, spontaneously combusted after getting hit by, I don't know who it was, Nigel Bradham or somebody. Um, got the first down, but but y- you can kind of see it in their, in their you know, kind of pocket swagger that, like, Bradford does get rid of the ball a little quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles defenders did say that last year. I specifically remember Malcolm Jenkins saying, yeah. like, we knew, you know, we knew what Sam didn't like and, like, we got to him early. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Uh, but, I just don't I, I think on the flip I, I think that's overblown I think as you said uh you know he's ta- he took plenty of hits last night he played an entire season behind that awful Vikings yeah. offensive line last year um and, and frankly he's and
1: completed been, 70% of his like, play. He, he's yeah. been he's been
0: he, he's actually been and I was I, I was one time I've completely done a 180 on Sam Bradford where like I was one time a very big I thought Sam Bradford were way overrated um but now I think it's gone it's it's you know there's been a reaction and it's flipped to the all the question.
1: Yeah. Why are we talking about Sam Bradford?
0: I don't know. He played last night. He I used to play for the Eagles. I, people hate him. I, if
1: people hate him, they hate him. But I, I think mean, it's but
0: I think it all goes into to establishing why they, Carson Wentz They hate Lentz. him
1: because he came to Philadelphia and didn't do much. That's what Philadelphians do. You come here and people if you don't perform, they don't like you. It's 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 not that there's thousands of guys who've come through Philadelphia and going through kind of what's and when you're the quarterback of the NFL team that everybody's rooting for mm-hmm. that just you know
0: yeah but i mean like the number according to the numbers he performed exactly as Carson Wentz did last year
1: what when he played for the eagles yeah yeah but but Carson Wentz was a rookie this guy was a five year right, veteran right, right.
0: people and i get i i get why they don't like you're
1: that. trying to explain philadelphia fans i'm not and, trying to explain it. no I, that's what we're trying to do I'm and and they're 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 une- inexplicable <laughs>
0: Right, what I'm they, saying—they
1: are is, not as passionately knowledgeable. Sometimes they think they are. I, that I would agree with.
0: I was more—I was more saying that I don't think Sam Bradford performed as poorly as as he, you know legend has it in his one year with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, no. But I get it. Like like yeah, he he can be a he can be a guy. He, he's not like Carson Wentz to watch. You know, like Carson Wentz is a lot more fun to watch. He's he's you know he's running around. He's he's you know throwing the ball downfield. Um, Bradford is the ultimate takes, take what the defense, gives gives you guy. You know, I, I think Alex Smith and Sam Bradford are very much similar quarterbacks. Yeah. I would take Sam Bradford over Alex Smith, but I think they're very similar. Um, and I think there's a lot of teams in this league, as the Vikings showed you by trading a first- and fourth-round pick, who, who would be glad to have Sam Bradford. Yeah. But at the same time, he, well, whatever that, that x no, I don't think they would. I, 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 th- I think they would. They might, but they, I think Sam, I think they're better with Sam well, Bradford they than be. they were were Teddy Bridgewater. Um but I think that Sam Bradford does not have that X factor that people see in Carson Wentz. That's true. That's um, true. And I, I think, you know, like you see it in, in Russell Russell Wilson. It's funny because it's it's kind of an argument against Doug too. Um you as know, a like, coach, like, yeah, like he, see the Yeah, you like, know he just doesn't like dominate he, he does not like exude he doesn't have that Tomlin, uh, like look at Van, like Vance Joseph, uh, mm-hmm. like just like Vance Joseph and Adam Gase both both very much like like look at Jim. You'd Shorts. be scared to go up and like talk to them, you know, because they're just like well, Doug's like Andy, that's yeah, but Andy had a Andy had a Andy was an intimidating guy to be around.
2: Uh, yeah. He he he. he but he Doug won't. is Doug is far more amiable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Than Andy is. Um, Doug's right. default is let me help you. Exactly. I, I want. I, I like you. I want you to like but, me. Andy put the guard up, and once you got past the guard, then if he trusted you, you he man. could be that kind of you know. Can
1: I ask you another question? Sure. Are you going to let me eat my sandwich at some point? Never. If, in this in this world or what you kind can, of sandwich did you get? What'd you get? I got a hot sandwich, which is now
2: cold. Well, nobody made you come on the podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wanted to come on the podcast.
2: Well, we gotta so
1: people can make fun of me. I, I would feel it.
2: I would feel worse if your sandwich were like four Jack in the Box tacos. Oh no, 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 four Jack. Oh god, don't even get me. Started. <laughs> I want
0: to know why you have a coffee and a diet coke. That's not my coffee. Oh, coffee okay. was here. That's
1: that's th- this is trash that somebody did not. That's mine. It's probably mine. My
0: trash. Uh, but I can
1: trash with the best too. So you
0: know. All right, Kern. You know what? Why don't we let you go?
1: You guys are still going to talk more. No, we're, no, we're going to wrap more. this
0: up. Yeah. Really oh, quickly. then I'll wrap it up with you. All, all right. right, all right. Um, so, what do you think about Kansas City?
2: I think it's an interest. I think they're going to lose the Eagles, but I think it's an interesting game to kind of tie together what we were talking about. You, in a way, you have, you know, you have the game manager, the veteran game manager quarterback, versus the young, dynamic, who knows what he's going to be. That to me is an interesting matchup. Like mm-hmm. I, I. In a way, that's kind of the converse, the football conversation that you and I have been having on this podcast for close to two years. Like, what is the way to go? Um, and particularly when you take that's into a cons- long conversation. It's a long conversation. Particularly when you take into consideration that quarterbacks are playing well later into their professional lives more nowadays than at any time before. That was one of the hesitations I had in the Eagles you know, giving up so much to get Carson Wentz. It was not only that maybe Wentz wouldn't turn out to be as good as everybody thought he was going to be, but that Sam Bradford's only 28. And unless you are convinced that he is terrible and is never going to get any better or is not good enough now, there's enough evidence out there that as he ages and gets smarter and gets more experience, he will continue to improve and still be a viable, perhaps even above average to very good quarterback for five or six years because that's the way the position is trending
1: if the eagles win this week i can only imagine what philadelphia will be like on sunday night monday morning because they'll be playing the parade i mean they'll be thinking that way and hey whatever i think they have nothing to lose this week i think they are totally playing with house money because i think the more important game is the following week against the giants here so they can go out there they should play loose uh because kansas city's supposed to win they're home. They don't lose very much out there. I know they lost their their bury and that's going to hurt them. And everybody says, oh, but well, they played New England last week and they're going to, you know, they're going to be. I think the extra three days helps Andy because he always seems like when he gets that extra time, he's very good with it. I don't think he wants to lose to Doug. Um but I think the look, the Eagles have a shot. Hey, everybody has a shot almost in the NFL. Uh the Browns almost beat the Steelers last week. But I think if they're two-and-one, I agree with Murph. And I hope the two and one, if they get it, is against the Giants the following week because then you're 2 and 1 and 2 0 and oh in the division. That's good after three games.
0: I'm very interested to see how they cover Tyreek Hill because, oh. uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, that, the, the Ronald Darby injury, it, while it sounds like, unfortunately, we did not, due to our technical difficulties, perhaps it was pilot error. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, we are going to have Les Bowen on today to talk about. The injuries and give us kind of the latest on on what the team's thinking with regards to Darby and, to a lesser extent, Jason Peters. So I'm less. Uh Wow. Yeah, you're okay. less. Okay. Uh, but you're we, not
2: less than less, but. <laughs> uh How about the running back?
0: Which one from Toledo? Kareem Is, hunt.
1: I, and last year before the draft, I'm because I don't. I'm looking at people who could go in like the third, fourth round, and people were telling, saying the kid from Toledo was pretty good. He had. So naturally, we take the kid from San Diego State that isn't going to get on the field this year because he's as yeah. Big I mean, as that, me. I'm just saying that kid. What did the kid rush for last week? He had a pretty good game, right? Well,
0: well. So here's the thing. So this is this was this is what. And I don't know if he got taken ahead of Paul. He did. Behind so Pitt. this is, this okay. is this is how that played out, uh, and it's interesting on a number of different levels. Um, and I'm not sure why. Regardless, Kareem Hunt was taken with like the ninth number. I think it was 77, he did 75 pick. Okay. Um, so okay. he it was like early high third round. Early in the third round. Okay. But he was taken after the pick where the Eagles would have picked if they had not traded for Tim Jernigan. Gotcha. Because they flipped some third-round picks with the Ravens. Gotcha. Um, And I agree with you. I think Kareem Hunt looked very, very good on Thursday night. Um, So then the question – again, this is just all – it's just kind of interesting thought experiment type of stuff where what they said – if you kind of piece everything – cobble together everything that they've said in the wake of that draft – like, they said after that draft that, you know, when they took Pumphrey, there was, like, this run on running backs that they, they you know, it was essentially they had to take a running back because they were all flying off the board. Right.
2: Howie uh, Roseman called it a historic class for running
0: backs. Right. Um, and, and Everywhere I think but here. Everyone, yeah. including the Eagles, seems to be in unanimous agreement that Donnell Pumphrey did not impress no. um, early in his career. Uh, you know, so it's interesting. Like, like yeah, you know, like, we're very quick – like. Like it's very like one step thinking to like say oh they got to steal on Tim Jernigan, but I mean, you're giving up something right. in the 25 spots of of draft position. Right um, for a team
1: that has no running back, they're going to go into the draft next year having no running back, and they don't have a lot of draft picks real high ne- le- next year because they've traded some of them. Right so they're probably going to end up taking another guy like in the fourth round or something like that and hope that it's the right guy. And but I just this think, all goes
0: back to the notion that, like, it's hard to say Howie Roseman. It's hard to give him a stamp of approval yet. I,
1: yeah. Well, it, look, if Barnett turns out to be a stud and the kid from Washington comes back and is as good as he was supposed to be before he heard his Achilles, then it'll look like a good draft and you won't care that rounds three through seven didn't produce much. Um, if those guys don't, if the kid from Washington never becomes that guy. Then you're going to sit there and go, "This wasn't a real good draft." But uh, you know, we won't know for a couple years.
2: You know what's always good? Jack in the Box tacos. Absolutely.
0: Uh, but so, four, so running back
2: for
1: and a soda for like three because there's no soda tax.
0: So I agree. Dalvin Cook looks very good. Apparently Leonard Fournette looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my but my sources say Christian McCaffrey did not look very good. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Joe Mixon? Did he play well? He played, but they 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 they're, for some reason he only got eight carries, and for some reason they're insisting on getting a. Uh, uh, Jeremy Hunt still involved. I mean, if Dalvin Cook
1: was there, two picks later, yeah. So that they they would have taken Dalvin Cook. They would say whatever. So the Vikings traded up for 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 Dalvin. The Vikings are smarter.
0: good for them but again they you know it, it all goes back to I, the Vikings aren't necessarily the right team to make this comparison but like it all goes back to what kind of assets you're comf- you have and what you're comfortable with trading so I mean it all fits yeah, together I'm okay. you know like maybe you don't maybe if you have some a couple of extra draft picks you trade up for Dalvin, Dalvin Cook yeah. Alvin Kamara looks like he's a player although not necessarily like he looks more like a Sproles type um Kareem Hunt um looks very good um guys I gotta eat yeah. Yeah. You're l- the l- yeah. L- yeah. You you're the, you, Well you said
2: you were gonna wrap it up and yes. that was ten well, minutes. Well I ago. was trying
0: to and then you kept on you I, kept on unwrapping it. I didn't unwrap it. I'm just You're like a little kid on Christmas. I, I, I haven't unwrapped since like seven
1: thirty. I'm hungry. I was at a funeral. I'm sorry. We <laughs> gots
0: I- to go. <laughs> All right, Kern. I can't wait to watch you eat this sandwich.
1: <laughs> oh God. Les right. I hope you're doing better than me. Later.